Sup, fellow freak shows. I'm Lorraine. And I'm Amanda, and welcome to Monsters of the Midwest. Welcome to your ex's favorite podcast, a podcast with more issues than Vogue. Yes, it is. We're, well, you know what? It's going to be. It's not yet, but it's going to be. We're manifesting that. Yes. So if you don't know who we are, we are uh, Lorraine and Amanda from the Dramatic Illusion podcast. Now, that was our podcast, our podcast venture from the whole last year, and we decided that we're going to focus on true crime. So thus, Monsters of the Midwest was born, right? Right. Here we are. Here we are. And uh, we're just going to introduce what this is all about. And then I'm going to grace you guys with a fantastic true crime episode because that's what the fuck you're here for. Right. Welcome. Welcome. Um, For those who don't know, uh, I'm just going to list off the states of the Midwest and we're not going to do this every fucking episode. So please listen. So we're going to we're going to include some gory, fun. um, Well, I mean, I think that they're fun. Uh, Anyone who's listening. Yes. Yeah. Bloody tales from these following states, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, Nebraska, both of the Dakotas, which we forgot existed in the Midwest, um, <laughs> the one we're from, Ohio, and Wisconsin. Yep, yep. Those are those are the Midwestern states. If you didn't know, there's your little geography lesson. They're considered the flyover states, or the boring states, or the Midwestern ope states. I mean, take your pick. Right, but that's why there's so much crime here. There's tons and tons of different um, flavors of crime that goes on here because. There's more cows than fucking people. Let's there just be shit, honest. There ain't shit to do. That's why. Not right. <laughs> not not necessarily. I mean, there are some things to do, but you know, it's mostly corn. Mostly corn. <laughs> so, as and you beans, can, depending on the year. Right. You know. They they do rotate the crops. Yes, yes. Sometimes wheat. You know, you never know. Might get a little right. squirrely. But, anyways, we started this podcast. And I'm hoping that, you know, you guys enjoy it as much as we enjoy making it because we we love doing this. We love doing this shit. We do. And we have some really great fans that hopefully you guys followed us over here. Um, Yeah. What's up, guys? So (laughs) let's just get in. I think we should just get into it. I think so, too. I think that um, you are. See, now here. Here's our dynamic. I only tell her. What state it's coming from? I don't actually tell my podcast co-host what I'm doing because we want you know reactions to be authentic and right. hol- holy shit, I'm hearing this for the first time potentially, right? Unless I accidentally leave the metronome on and then we have to re-record an episode like <laughs> we did before, then yeah, then I'll try. I'll I'll give it my best. But yeah, yeah. Um, same same with the cases that I come up from um, come up with. We're just gonna kind of go back and forth and you know, see where it takes us. Right. And uh, one more disclaimer. 
we do all the editing ourselves. We do all of the recording ourselves. We don't have any sort of professional anything. So if you hear a little, a truck or a meow or a beep or, you know, whatever, just know that we live in cities and you'll occasionally hear things and it, it just, it is what it is. <laughs> Well, she lives in the city. I live on a farm in the Midwest in Ohio. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'm by a highway. So, there's lots of traffic. So, yeah. So, that's our little spiel, and we're going to get on with it. And the first case that I am going to cover is the suitcase killer. Now, all right. All packed at, up for the holidays, huh? Yeah. So, there's a lot of killers called the suitcase killer or the suitcase killers or whatever you want to call it but this one is about a couple okay and they're from chicago or the the um what suburbs of chicago if you will okay heather mack and tommy schaefer now before i start this this case is wild it's ongoing so there is no end yet. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. So you're going to get the information and then I'll, I'll let you know what's going on as of late. So uh, this case is actually a wild one because I did not know any of this happened. And this happened years and years ago. Basically, it's a family vacation gone horribly wrong, right? All right. Okay, so now I want to clarify something because in all of the research that I did, the the female that I'm talking about, Heather Mack, sometimes she's referred to Lois Heather Mack or just Heather Mack. Now, I'm not sure, so I'm just going to call her Heather because that's, I what like I Heather. Pri- yeah, that's what I primarily saw anyways. So Heather Mack and Tommy Schaefer... Uh, had a plan to take Mommy Dearest out of the equation since Mom, Sheila Von Wiesmack, did not approve of their relationship. Okay. Which seems reasonable, right? Yeah, just just take her out of the equation. We can be together. But uh, how, know, how old are these, these guys? Okay. The... He- Heather, 18 at the time. Oh, okay, makes more and, sense now. And, right. Tom- <laughs> and Tommy, 21, fabricated a lie that they stated they were attacked by a gang. And when the story didn't add up, the truth started to emerge because, you know, people just, sometimes they just can't keep their story straight, right? That happens a lot. Right. So I'm going to start with what ended up happening, going back and then circling back around. So you'll see the whole picture. Okay. Okay. Paint it for us. I am. I'm, I'm getting my my paintbrushes and I'm painting you a fab fabulous picture. Perfect. So Heather and her mother Sheila went on a family vacation to Bali, August second, twenty fourteen, and this crime happened in Indonesia. So there's a whole other, you know basket full of bullshit that you have to deal with being overseas being in a different country which is ridiculous in itself but it kind of works towards um getting justice sooner i mean at least in my opinion so here here's the story i'm gonna go back 
I'm going to go back to the background of the family. Heather's the daughter of jazz and classical composer James L. Mack and Chicago socialite Sheila Von Wiesmack. So, okay, so they're kind of high society in, in Chi-Town then. Yeah, so they have money, right? Right. Heather's father ended up passing away in 26, uh, 2006, I'm sorry, while the small family unit was on a vacation to Athens. Uh, mother and daughter never really saw eye to eye, you know, teenagers, am I right? Right. But it, this wasn't your typical mother-daughter tumultuous relationship, right? So the police were called to the home in Oak Park like 86 times, I believe, Damn. was the number between 2004 and 2013. Wow. That's so a this, lot. Right. This was happening. I'm not sure if it was year, two years or in between two years before her father even passed away. And during their vacation in Athens, when her father passed away, her mother insisted that they continue their vacations to Santorini and left James in the morgue, her husband. So the they just fuck? went Hell on no. vacation and continued to enjoy their vacation while he had passed away. <laughs> this is some real housewives bullshit. Hell no. Like, right. what the hell? Right. So it was at that moment that the tension between mother and daughter grew exponentially. And obviously you could tell why, you know, mom doesn't have a heart. She wants to go on vacation because we're already out here. Oops, he passed away. Big deal. Like there's some, there's some feelings there. So Heather is quoted saying this quote, (coughs) it was in Santorini that my anger at my mother started it never really stopped. It grew. Now, for those of you that don't math like myself, I had to bust out the old calculator. Their vacation in Athens was in 2006. That made Heather 10 years old at the time. Oh, shit. Talk about fucking up your kid. She's young, right? Yeah. That's a long time to let anger consume you. 18 years? Yeah. Yeah, Teenage- sure is. Teenage angst. Teenage angst. On, is oh yeah, the whole nine. And now you have your daughter who is upset at the passing of her father, and and she decides, fuck that. Let's just go on a vacation anyway. We're already here. You know, there's nothing else we could do, which is really bizarre in itself. Now I tried to find other articles that stated this, and there was a few other articles that said the same thing. So I was like, well, you know, if if that's how it went down, then, I mean, people, people can hold a grudge for a long time. And being, being a kid and holding a grudge for that long is, is bizarre. Even worse. Cause that's like, that's (laughs) trauma right there. That is like the start of trauma. I'm just like over here shaking my head because I'm like, oh man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So... Now we're going to fast forward. We're fast forwarding to 2014. Heather starts dating Tommy, who is an unemployed aspiring rapper. Oh, great. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Every town has one, right? I thought I you were going to say something that was like mob related because Tommy in Chicago, those times. Mm. I mean, that fits, you know? Mm. Yeah, it does. But it's not the case. Not to, not to make assumptions, but. 
Right. So, you know, who who thought mom mom would not approve of this relationship, okay? <laughs> so, I, I mean, he could have been the next Kanye. We don't know. Shit. Mm, and at the same time not. So, right, any, right. <laughs> and, and so you know, she start okay, Heather starts skipping school to spend time with him, stealing mom's credit card, booking hotels for her and her man to hang out. And we all know what hang out means. Right. Yep. So not not soon after the couple starts their whirlwind romance, Heather gets knocked up. Oh, you knew I that. knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, that was coming. Mom's fucking had enough. All right. She's like, all right, this has gone on long enough. You're throwing your future away for this fucking bum. You need to snap back to reality here and realize, like, you got your whole future ahead of you. And you're throwing it away, basically, for this guy who she couldn't give two shits about. But you know how teenage whirlwind romances are? You're swept off your feet. This guy is great. He treats me well. Yeah, he might not have a job or whatever, but he loves me for me. And we've all been there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same song and dance. We've definitely all been there. Now, Sheila and Heather, mom and daughter, they get into altercations. They turn physical. And in one instance, it gets so physical that mom actually gets her arm broken. What? Yeah. So later on in the episode, I'm going to talk about another article that I read about this case. And I really want your opinion on it because it's very, it's interesting to say the least. Okay. So Heather drops out of school. She's keeping the baby. Mom books the vacation to Bali to get the two of them on the same page. Maybe a little mother-daughter trip, a heart-to-heart. And... Maybe some fucking counseling, you know, I mean... Mom's trying to convince Heather to have an abortion. Now, this is 2014 we're talking about. I mean, yes, it was taboo. It's always been that way. But it's starting starting to be less and less socially acceptable now just because of everything that's going on. And that's all I'm going to say about it. We aren't going to talk about that because that's not the point of this. But... right. Heather, you know, mom just wants to show Heather that this may be a confusing time in her life and this could really make or break her. It could make you a great person if you have this baby, yes. It could also make you really regret not doing the things that you've always wanted to do because you're with this guy and shit happened, basically. Right, and you have a kid to take care of and, like, another life that you're responsible for. So maybe things that were on her list to do, you know, college or or certain, you know what I mean, internships, yeah. whatever the case may be, that would either be pushed back or it, it would take her track that she's on and drastically change it. And yeah. at 18, and it, that's not what you want to hear or that you really understand, I think. No, I, I, as a teenager, you know, you never, you never really know because I've never been in that situation before, you know, so I can't, yeah. I can't attest to that. But, you know, that's, that's what's, that's what's happening. I, I know it's hard to talk about abortion and everything. So that was the end of my research about that specific thing. Now, the trip to Bali was planned not soon after Heather drops out of school. So she's just she's really just trying to connect with her daughter. Like, what can I do? What can I do to make you the our relationship better? Because it's clearly not getting any better. 
a week into the fam- into the family shindig, Heather and mom get into a heated argument in the hotel lobby, which is caught on CCTV footage. So there's no hiding it. And you can, um, I didn't find the footage. I didn't look at the footage, but there it, it's out there because it's all public knowledge. Not soon after the argument, though, Heather thinks it's a fantastic idea to steal her mother's credit card and purchase a ticket and hotel room for good old Tommy boy. He's coming to Bali. Oh, God. All right. Jesus. Right. This is different than sneaking out and going to your man's house. You're literally buying him a flight and a hotel to a foreign country just to just to be there. This is insane, right? His broke ass has a passport? I mean... I mean... I guess. No, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. But All right. he, he got there. <laughs> All right. Days following his arrival, the couple sent text messages to Tommy's cousin, Robert Bibbs, to discuss ways to end Sheila's life. Okay. So not very smart from the get-go. They're teenagers or young adults. They have a child together. You know how hormones go. And now they're talking about taking Mommy Dearest out of the equation completely. I'm trying to think of what you said. That was 2014? Yes. I was trying to think in my head if they had a T9 text that on their fucking Nokia laptop that you put in your pocket or not. I'm like, wait, hold on. Let me connect the line here. Yeah. So somebody, somebody look up popular phones in 2014 and let us know because right. right. <laughs> i i i mean i had verizon so i had that weird flip phone thing and oh yeah, yeah. i mean i had a, 20... a razor probably oh yeah i had a razor too oh yeah mm-hmm. so <sighs> there's also a message that asked if his cousin knew a hitman so like oh, they're plan- cool. they're planning this beforehand yeah. Right. Premeditation at its like stupid. Core. Right. So there's also messages exchanged where his cousin told them how to avoid detection from the police. This information, along with other text messages, puts Robert in deep shit. And yeah. he eventually, eventually pleads guilty to conspiracy to commit foreign murder of a U.S. national. Oh, that's how fucking nuts this is about to get. OK. All right, I'm ready. I'm strapped so ready to go. Yes. And it's it's so crazy to me because all of this that is happening to not only mom, she's already trying to put out fires because her daughter is deciding to go AWOL, which, you know, teenagers do that. I'm sorry, it's not this extreme, but teenagers do do that in some form. Oh, I'm, I can't wait to grow up and get out of the house. I can't wait to get my own job so I can pay for my own things. Well, she came from money, so she doesn't have that type of, you know, disparity, I guess. Like, oh, I got to get my own cell phone, things like that. Right. So, okay. <sighs> I'm going to go into Robert's case a little bit. Before. Yeah, let's hear about Bobby. I want to hear about Bobby. Y- yes, because this will shed some light on what's about to happen. Robert is arrested on federal charges on September 23rd, 2015. Under an agreement with federal prosecutors, 
he will not be sentenced for more than 20 years in exchange for pleading guilty to a count of conspiracy to commit foreign murder of a U.S. national. And on June 2nd, 2017, Robert Bibbs is sentenced to nine years in prison. So this took a while. He, he fucking to... flipped, though. He flipped. Yeah. He, yeah. he took the plea. Yeah. So from 2014 to 2017, it took for him to get sentenced nine years in prison. All right. August 12th, 2014, Tommy entered the Bali Resort Hotel room and killed Sheila. Okay. Oh, shit. Now, now, according to reports, Sheila was bludgeoned to death. Damn. Check this murder weapon out. The murder weapon was a metal fruit bowl. He beat the shit out of her with a metal fruit bowl. It so was that was just a, what was in the room or what? Like, So I'm going to Can you explain, imagine the strength and power behind that right. to make that successful? I'm going to explain how this happens. And it's going to blow your fucking mind, okay? <laughs> after, after Sheila was murdered, okay, the two, Tommy and Heather, stuffed mom's body in a large suitcase and called for a taxi. Then the two head downstairs, placed the suitcase in the taxi in the trunk, and told the driver to hold on for them and they would be back soon. They never came back. So the taxi driver is out in the front of the hotel with a suitcase waiting for these two to come back and they never come back. So. Oh my God. Yes. After the taxi driver waited a while, he alerted hotel staff who took the bag out of the trunk and inspected it. Because they're like, if. Who does this belong to? Trying to look for information like it hey, maybe the passport's in here. Maybe their ID is in here. Something. Why would they just leave? Plus, I mean, post 9-11, I mean, you don't know what the hell. Right. You know, exactly. everybody's terrified everywhere. Exactly. So they noticed blood on the outside of the suitcase and they alerted authorities. So they didn't even open it. They just took it out. Smart. Took it out. And put it down and said, uh-oh, I don't know what that is, but that can't be good. The two were arrested the next day at a nearby hotel. So they had took off, went to another hotel, and stayed there overnight. <laughs> God. I just yes. Yes. I, you know, I mean, this is, I, I don't want to discount, like, what happened to the the victim here but these killers are fucking stupid <laughs> they made right. so many fucking mistakes like let's just have a text messaging thing and then let's book hotels and cctv and oh my god their fingerprints and shit all over the bag like oh. yeah yes so the two the the story these two cho they chose to tell the police <laughs> that they were taken captive by an armed gang Whose, oh. members, whose members are the ones who killed her mother. That clearly didn't okay. fucking happen. It didn't happen. So that doesn't the story, even fit the story at all. Not even a little bit. They, they took you captive and in the hotel. This is a resort. This isn't like back in a place where they tell you not to go if you're a tourist. You know what I mean? Right. It would have been more believable in Chicago for that to happen than right, exactly. where they are now. Exactly. And I feel like I don't know for sure, so I can't say this with certainty, but I feel like that could have possibly happened because they got information from Tommy's cousin 
and he told them, hey, tell the police this. Right, right. Okay, well, I mean, that would make sense, a little more sense, I guess. Right, because clearly these two masterminds didn't know what the fuck they were going to say. So, (laughs) yeah. Now, Tommy at this point is claiming self-defense. So the story is already, oh, my God, a gang attacked us and killed my mom and blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, oh, my God, no, she attacked me. Tommy is claiming self-defense, stating that Heather's mother started choking him during an argument and saying that Heather's mother didn't approve of their relationship and things between mom and boyfriend. They became violent physically. And it was just he so saying So why the that, fuck would a gang care? <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, my God. So All the right. first story was the gang story. That clearly didn't work out. So then he said, well, her mom attacked me. Okay. Number one, you stole money from my credit card. I would attack you. <laughs> I would and attack you both of you. knocked up my kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. That's crazy. So, Heather also told court that her mother had threatened to kill the couple's unborn child. Now, this is the abortion thing I was talking about. Okay. So... I mean, she didn't threaten to do anything. You're 18, honey. You can do whatever you want. And here we go. August 15th, 2014. So this is the day after. They're still in Indonesia because the murder happened on Indonesian soil. They're in Bali. The two, Heather and Tommy, are now detained. They are being detained holding under Indonesian laws 48 hours before they can be formally arrested. So they're just being held at this point. Okay. December 8th, 2014, the police have been investigating for four months, and after the investigation is concluded, the two are briefly reunited while being transferred to the custody of their prosecutors. So they actually get held separately, clearly. Yeah, they should have never been reunited. What the fuck? I think it's just they just got transported together, I guess. But I'm not I'm not entirely certain on that. Between the time the two were placed in their prosecutor's care to the sentencing was a year and a month in duration. So from December 8th, 2014 to January 14th, 2015. Okay. on January 14th, 2015, prosecutors charge Heather Mack and Tommy Schaefer with premeditated murder in the death of Heather's mother, Sheila. Okay. Yes. Understandable. That seems, that seems like the most logical choice. That pans this, out. Yeah. <laughs> this sentence carries a possible death sentence under Indonesian law. Oh, and is this where it fights it? Death no. sentence versus not? Because I don't no. know about Illinois. Okay. Mm-mm. Death by firing squad. Okay. <laughs> All right. And, we, so and they, for those, those freak shows out there that know that, that is not one that happens a lot here. Or that even if you are a death penalty, like a capital murder case, like here, like that firing squad is not, not the, I don't even know if they do that anymore in any states. They might, but it's pretty archaic. No, they don't. It's, it's usually lethal injection. Right. And actually fun fact in Ohio, they have a single dose lethal injection and, um, the governor will not execute anyone that's on death row with that until you guys come up with a better 
with a better option. Oh, okay. Which is which is surprising, you know. Maybe it doesn't cost as much money or whatever, but I, I'm not sure why. I think it's because it's an all-in-one instead of like putting someone to sleep and then administering the the fatal dose. Right, I'm not right. really sure because it's so, normally three, right? I think so. Yeah, and I want to look that up more because I saw an article about it and I was like, oh, that that's that's pretty interesting, but. The two went through the trial and managed to get a leniency due to their showing how remorseful they are and that this was an act of passion. But See, uh, that's that's where the I okay, I've been holding this in. I didn't know if I should say it or not, because you know, we might have some new listeners, they might judge the fuck out of me for this. But come on, Heather, you're pregnant. You should know at least in the law in the state of Ohio, you can use that as insanity. You can use pregnancy in almost all 50 states as a, you know, as a a form of insanity because your hormones are so crazy. Also being 18, I mean, you can plead insanity on that and, like, get away with it. She should have went with that right off the rip. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. And and what's even scarier about. Not that I'm condoning murder, but, I mean, we're all here to listen to murder, so I'm just, you know. Right. Right. I'm just being honest. Right. And what's even crazier about all this is. She's been so coddled her whole life because she sits on money. She has no sense of, like, um, ownership of anything of any kind. And and to boot, her mother's estate is worth, like, one and a half million. So they think on top of this, trying to get away with it and all that, she's going to be entitled to it because dad's passed on. So she's the heir to the... I didn't even think about that, yeah. To the estate, right? So... All that aside, the text messages that were released show a little bit more of a sinister side, okay? This is why I didn't say it right away, because I want you to hear the... I have the text messages between the two. Okay. And they... Okay. Here's here's the romanticism of all this. They nicknamed each other Bonnie and Clyde. Now, oh, why? perfect. I don't perfect. know why. I don't know why they wouldn't. You have no idea what the hell they did. Because <laughs> oh this God. is not the same uh, thing. Right. Not at all. Not at all. No. So in addition to that, the two had a code word that they would use when it was time to follow through with their plan. Do you want to guess what the code word was? It's not I've anything n- to do with Bonnie and Clyde. So oh I'm just going to give that to you. Real give clever. It to me, what? The text word was hi we interrupt your regularly scheduled debauchery to talk to you about some other cool cats hi i'm sean mccabe and i'm carrie mccabe we are well married obviously (laughs) but we're also obsessed with the darker side of things True crime stories, alien abductions, poltergeists. If it leaves you scratching your head and keeping those lights on at night, we want to hear about it. That's why we host the podcast Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie. Every week we bring our listeners a true story guaranteed to send chills down your spine. From history's most brutal serial killers to the mystery of spontaneous human combustion. Yep, lots of these stories leave unanswered questions behind and you'll get to poke through the rubble of the evidence with a hardened skeptic and... Someone whose mind is more open to fun. Yeah, that's what I was going to (laughs) say. 
The show really feels like just kicking back with us at home and chatting about monsters and tragedies, but having a few laughs along the way. Just like we'd be doing if the mics were off, frankly. (laughs) You can find Ain't It Scary with Sean and Carrie wherever you get your podcasts and on social media at Ain't It Scary. Come play with us. Forever and ever and ever. What do you think? Their links are in the description, so go check them out, you turkeys. Time to agitate the gravel and get back to Coolsville. <laughs> Just hi. H I. Hi. So we aren't even going to do like a millennial thing. We're like, hi, like with multiple eyes. Dang. Just hi. Yep. Jeez. I, white girl can't even with this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that's, if, if that gives you any inclination of how terrible this text message back and forth is going to be, you just wait. Okay. So he's staying in a separate hotel room, but it's still in the same building. So on the day of the murder, these are the text messages that were sent back and forth between Heather and Tommy, which start at 8.20 a.m. Heather, there's no better time to say hi, is there? And Tommy says, go with your gut, baby. I'll be outside. If you need me, I'll hear it. So right off the rip, Tommy is expecting her to kill her mother, and he's just going to stand by. Oh, and be like a lookout from another room? Okay. Yes, yes and no. So she says, just come here. He said, I promise you, Heather, all you have to do is get her weak. I'll be standing by the door coming now. So they're supposed to get into an argument, like physical argument, and then he's going to come in. You know what I mean? Okay. So that's that's their plan. Then he says, relax, you're Bonnie, do it. He's, and then now she said, gee, I think you need to, I think I need you in here. Okay, I'll try. He says, try your best. We got nothing to lose right now. Trust me, baby, I got you. Can you whack her in the head with a big fucking pole? Where the so, fuck she going to get a pole? Right, so I don't know if that was a typo, and he meant bowl. Bowl? Yeah. Right. Hmm. And she said, will she KO? Means, will she get knocked out? And he said, yes. Heather keeps asking for help, and Tommy responds to her. Okay, I gotta interrupt you for a second, because I have a question. Okay. Okay. Did you find, did did you obviously see pictures of these people? Like, what is the size of these people? Like, I'm thinking 18-year-old girl, like, not a big girl. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm, I'm thinking like a small, I don't she's know. She's very small. So what about she mom? Very, she's small. Mom's small. She's okay. small. Tommy is six one, maybe. Real, like okay. a bean pole. He's real skinny. I mean, they're oh, not, okay. it's not okay. like a massive person trying to take her down or anything. It's literally like 2014 era, how they looked. That's yeah, That's how like they looked skinny, skinny ass small. emo kids, like right, yeah, yeah, like lanky. Yes. yes, okay, okay. So Heather keeps asking for help, and Tommy responds to her, "No, you must knock her out. Must list and shut the fuck up already." Dot dot dot. You're so stupid. 
So already, Tommy's telling Heather she's fucking stupid and just do it. Perfect. Look, if that was Healthy me, relationship. I wouldn't be with that dude, that's for sure. But, you know, you know how that goes. I would have sidebarred me like, stupid? You want to call me stupid? And the fight would have went towards that person. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm also let's, thinking, let's... like, early pregnancy hormones? Yeah, he would have been ended. Like, it would have been, like, <laughs> I'd have like, sorry, mom, I'll be back later. I gotta go. I gotta handle some shit. Like... Right. So crazy, right? So... Authorities allege that Tommy texted a photo to Heather of a fruit stand that was in his room. So they are staying in pretty similar rooms. So he's got the same setup in the kitchen, like kitchenette area where the fruit bowl is. So between 835 and 840, Tommy is seen on CCTV footage with something underneath his shirt walking onto the third floor where Heather and Sheila are staying. Then he sneaks into the bathroom of the suite. The couple then continues to text each other, and he's in the room now. Mom didn't notice that somebody came in the room? Because it's a suite. So, oh, like, okay. there's multiple like rooms, whole... right? Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So Heather says, now, question mark, okay, slow, but don't keep the door open for too long. Too much light comes in. Text when you're in. Slow, G, quiet. If I talk at all, just come in quick. So he's listening to her and mom's conversation. And after a little more back and forth, Heather continues, good job, stay over there. She's facing the other way. Plan, question mark. So they don't even fucking really have a plan. They're just kind of doing this as they go along. It's a fucking train wreck. So they they didn't have a weapon in mind, so they decided whatever's in the hotel room at their disposal is what they're going to use. And they're shuffling around what they're going to do. So Tommy said, she's so awake. She said, suffocate her. And then Tommy said, fuck, I got to get her. So Heather said, can't we suffocate her together? Is that thing hard enough, like the fruit stand or the fruit bowl? She said, I'm coming to see it. I'm telling her I'm getting water. And the final message was sent at 8.57 after Tommy told Heather that his phone only had 1% battery left. Tommy says, let me just creep up and whack her. Once I do it, she was drunk, slipped, and fell. And then Heather says, okay, just knock her out. It'll be so much easier. So that, to me, doesn't give a much in the leniency department because they clearly had this fucking plan. They just didn't know what they were going to do once they got here. Like, right. you know how, how Plankton says, I don't know. I didn't think I'd get this far. This is them. That's right. Them. So idiots, that, right? what time was that text at again? That last one? The last one was at 8.57 And what time was the CCTV of them going into the, the cab or whatever? Oh, the CCTV footage? It was yeah, what- after that. I'm not really sure. I don't know if I have a time. I'm still trying to piece together because, okay, anybody that knows anything about this type of subject uh, knows how much, like, it takes to suffocate somebody and knows how much it takes, like, how much strength and power it takes to knock somebody out with such a light type of, I mean, I'm thinking metal football. I mean, it can't be, you know, I mean, something that's super heavy because obviously it didn't break. 
but to t- like to have all that force and be such like a small person i'm just trying to think of like the physics of it you know what i mean like yeah and obviously know- i'm going to post pictures on our facebook page and all that stuff so you can see so everyone can see what these people look like because when you see what they look like it's it's mind boggling to me now tommy is taller and he's I'm sure he's got some sort of strength behind him, but when you see the pictures, you're gonna be like, "Yeah, fucking right." It's you'll you'll see, you'll all see. <laughs> <laughs> so April twenty first, twenty fifteen, the unanimous verdict in a three judge panel in the Dens Pazar District Court convicts both Heather and Tommy. Heather is sentenced to ten years whereas Tommy receives an 18-year sentence. So they feel like she was a um, an accessory to or she helped with, but he was the one that ultimately did it, right? I had to look up their pictures. I'm looking at them right now. Okay. Do you see? Do you see what I mean? I could they're see small. him beating the shit out of somebody, though. I could see it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. they're from okay. Chicago. Okay. Yeah, see, yeah, he he's a little more rough than I guess what I had pictured in my head. Honestly, I pictured a squirrely little white guy, honestly. <laughs> no. And he's not. No, um, he's not. Not to, I mean, not to sound offensive, but I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, but she is very, <laughs> ti- she is very tiny. And so it's, it's clear that she's not going to be the muscle behind this. Right. And I don't really feel like she wanted to do this. I just feel like. The combination of everything that was happening to her at one time or another, like, I agree, just snowballed into something that she lost control of. Absolutely. And then all being that young and dealing with teenage hormones. And then I I did not have a child. I had a child at 20 was my first my 21, literally, but um, (laughs) partially 21. But um, I I remember those hormones of like when the teenage angst hormones that all females go through and then trying to connect like being young pregnant hormones onto I have no idea how I would have even survived that, honestly. So (laughs) um, I get that, like what you're saying about how she's got so much shit going on. Plus that like trauma with her dad. I don't know. I don't I just don't I don't think she really did want this to happen either. I think that right. she was just pissed off and didn't know how to deal with those emotions. Like real real pissed. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. you know. I, right. So there's an article that I want to post about this case. It's it's not really pertaining to the case, but it is. It's more of like Heather and Tommy's account of how being in an Indonesian prison was or is and how they've processed their time. And okay. that's what I want your opinion on because it's I I enjoy it because it's more psychological than anything. Oh, you know and that's gonna be right up my alley then. I know. So I'm going to post it for everyone else to read too. And it's um it's an eye opener to say the least. I'll I'll leave it at that. And With Heather, it's more about what happened with her and her mother's relationship over the years and how she was treated while she was incarcerated. With Tommy, it's more along the lines of personal growth within himself. So that tells you that maybe she manipulated Tommy into doing what she wanted 
and acted like she didn't want to do it. So, well, let's post- be honest. Let's think: eighteen-year-old girl, twenty-one-year-old, uh, uh, aspiring to be rapper. <laughs> yeah, dumbass. Basically, um, that that pans out for me. <laughs> I mean that that sounds about right. It's an interesting read. Flash forward to October 29th of this of this past year, 2021. Oh, shoot. Heather's, do- Heather's done with her sentence in Indonesia, and she's deported back to the United States. Now, that's three years earlier than when she was supposed to get out. Okay. So she is currently being held in Chicago without bond and waiving her detention hearing. So this, this case is still ongoing. And, of course, if there's any significant changes, we will update our Facebook and tell you guys, you know, hey, this is what happened. And anybody who reads the article, if you guys want to, like, talk back and forth about how you feel about it, we are down for that. And there are countless articles about this woman coming back to the United States. I mean, the whole... I. You didn't even have to Google her whole name. And it was the first thing that came up because it was such big news. And honestly, I literally I, Googled Heather and Tommy. I That's it. And it popped up. And first it's thing. Pages upon pages upon pages, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. I didn't even like scroll. I was just like, oh my God. Like, it crazy. Right. Mind boggling. And Chicago really isn't that far from Ohio. It really oh, is. Oh no, like three and a half hours, four hours. Right. So the latest on this case is she's still being held in federal custody on both conspiracy to commit murder in a foreign country and um, obstruction of justice. Okay. Now, now Tommy still remains in Indonesia and he is serving his 18 year sentence and Tommy's cousin is still incarcerated in Chicago though. Right. Um, I don't know if he's in Chicago, actually. I'm not sure if he's in Chicago or if he is somewhere else. But um, I know he's still incarcerated as of okay. as of late. But the interview uh, with Heather Mack and Tommy Schaefer, I'm going to post that. I'm going to post pictures. Um, there's pictures of the suitcase. I will definitely post those so everyone can see. And I'm dying that, to know what kind of suitcase was it because I'm seeing like a Louis Vuitton one. Am I right or no? Uh, possibly. I mean, they did I'm come thinking, from money. I know. I was that was like what I was thinking at the beginning. I'm like, hmm, they came from money. It's got to be big enough to put a whole body in. Let me think. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's not dismembered, so I don't know. Right. Yeah. You stuff a person in a suitcase. That lady was small. I don't care how big your suitcase is. (laughs) But that is the suitcase killer. Oh, yeah. And there's, I mean, monsters come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, we had so much satanic panic here in the Midwest um, in the 80s, early 90s. Um, There's lots and lots of um, haunted places that we can visit. Possibly live streams uh, later on down the road. We've got we've got a lot of ideas on deck for sure. Yeah, and not to mention uh, our old podcast, which really isn't even that old, um, the Dramatic Illusion podcast. We have different episodes of the Satanic Panic, for instance, and our our lovely friend H H Holmes, who is also 
in Chicago. And we are going to give you those episodes. And you can listen to them right now. Always remember the code of the Midwest. Don't talk to strangers. Don't go anywhere alone. And lock your damn doors. And as always, we'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs>